Welcome to Scrollin', a podcast about the Elder Scrolls Online. I'm Ket. I'm Davius. And this is episode number 24. Let's get right into the gold vendor. So we have Necklace of the Scathing Mage, Necklace of the Essence Thief, um, Moon Hunter Necklace, Jailbreaker Necklace, uh, Vanus's Necklace, Sithis's Necklace, <laughs> a lot of necklaces, um, <laughs> Necklace of the Night Mother, Necklace of the Mora House, um, Stonekeeper's Shoulders, Slimecraw's Shoulders, Celestrix's Shoulders, uh, and Mighty Chudan Shoulders. That's what's on the Gold Vendor this week. Actually, a pretty good week for the Gold Vendor. Um, any of these standing out to you, Davius? Well, specifically the Celestrix Shoulders, just because, as you know, I have been doing just the worst luck grind for a Celestric shoulder piece for the past yeah. s- just several weeks. I mean, just keys on keys on keys. Uh, yeah, I, I hear got- you in, in Discord every day. You're just like, uh, well, let's see if I get it today. Nope, <laughs> not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> um, yeah, so I probably it was probably I probably spent around fifty to sixty keys. Uh, got it uh, this week, probably. Five, five, five days ago, right before these came out. So that one stings just a little bit there. Did you, uh, did you get it in the trait that you needed, or did you have to transmute it? Well, so the good thing is there, and and then I'll talk a little bit more about the build later on. But the good thing is there that it actually inspired me. Uh, I got it in well fitted, and it actually inspired me to add well fitted into the build, which has worked out very oh, so well. So just kind of went with it. Yeah, cool. just kind of went with it because it already was well fitted, so I tested it out, and it, it, it's a good thing, but it still stings just a little bit. It stings. <laughs> yeah, that's I. Every time it comes up, I always gush about it. But I, I just the the having base crit resistance added to your characters, it makes stuff like that possible. Where it's like I didn't quite get the trade I wanted, but you know what? This actually works just fine. I'll just go with this. <laughs> um, the only other one I would say is that you know, obviously, uh, Essence Thief. That's a fantastic set. So. Oh, dude, Essence Thief. I I bought uh, one of these necklaces just last night. Um, this is such an amazing set. Uh, so this is what it's a it's a stamina damage set. Uh, it's it's actually a stamina stamina damage and sustain set. Uh, so when you deal damage with a light or heavy attack, it creates a pool around the enemy that lasts for five seconds. Uh, and when you touch the pool, uh, it heals you and restores stamina. It's around the ballpark of like four thousand of each of those. Uh, and it also increases your damage done by 10% for 10 seconds with a 10 second cooldown. So basically 100% uptime on that. Um, and that amount, the, I mean, the heal, like 4K heal, like once every two seconds, no big deal there. But a 4K stamina return every 10 seconds is significant. It's like it's huge. Seven, it's equivalent to like 700 something uh, recovery. I think that's the biggest thing about this set is that it's, I mean, how many other sets out there are recovery and damage sets? Um, yeah, there was that giant's might or giant's endurance, uh, until, <laughs> until last week. Old Yander's might. Is yeah. that what it's called? Yander's might, I think. Yeah. No. Yander's might uh, until last week. Now it's, you know, it's not what it is anymore, but yeah, it's a, it's a pretty rare thing to get kind of both of those things in one set. Uh, this is, this is really cool. And, uh, 10% bonus damage. I mean, that's more than minor berserk and it yeah. stacks with minor berserk. Yeah. That's fantastic. So definitely snatch up one of those necklaces if you haven't already. Definitely going to be a good one to have. Um, Scathing Mage, I think, is another good one to have. Uh, this is the one that comes from uh, Imperial City Prison. 
Magicka damage set, 20% chance to gain 516 spell damage for 5 seconds uh, when you deal direct damage. So uh, this used to proc on direct critical damage, so now it's just direct damage of any kind. So it's way better than it used to be. And then uh, the only other one that really stands out to me is, of course, Mighty Chudan. It's just a, a great bread and butter set to have in your inventory. Um, if, even if you don't have a need for it right now, uh, if you don't have this set already, I would recommend uh, getting a set of it. Just keep it in the bank, and you never know. You'll, you'll probably find a, uh, a reason to use it at some point. Is this, this is, the one, is this the one set that you're actually using on multiple characters? <laughs> probably so yeah <laughs> yeah i normally do try to avoid using the same set of multiple characters just because i like to mix it up a lot but mighty chudan it's just it's just too good of a set sometimes <laughs> I, I hate having to juggle too many buffs uh so uh mighty chudan is always uh attractive to me because it, well, it helps that yeah well and it's huge in battlegrounds if you know it it's huge to have your buffs up, and so if you can reduce the the pain of trying to keep all your buffs up, that makes a big difference in PvP battlegrounds. Oh yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, a good good week for the gold vendor. Uh, definitely go check that out if you haven't already. Um, so let's move right on and talk about some uh, some news that's been going on this week. Uh, first of all. Um, just want to remind everyone that the Somerset event is still going on. It's going on until uh, August fourth. Um, so if you're uh, if you haven't been checking that out yet, um, you might want to get in on that. Uh, you just get a bunch of bonus loot whenever you go into Somerset and do activities there, uh, more or less. Have you done any Somerset stuff? I have not. I don't. Uh, I don't leave the uh, Skyrim lands much. You know, <laughs> I, I don't venture. Too many out elves that. for your I taste. <laughs> I don't venture out that far. That's that's pretty far. You know, that's way over there. So, yeah, yeah. I, I've been. I haven't really been getting super into it. But you know, when I'm waiting in queue for battlegrounds, or if I'm just, I don't really know what to do, and I'm just mindlessly wandering around, killing stuff and looting like uh, crafting mats and stuff. I've just been doing that in Somerset because you get double double the mats and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so as I'm just kind of mindlessly wandering around, not knowing what else to do, I just I just try to do that in Somerset while this event's going on. That's a good idea. Have you gotten any of the? Have you killed any like world bosses and gotten the special uh, loot bag? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've gotten a few of them. Just as I happen to wander near a world boss, I'll I'll go over there and jump in on a fight. I've done a few of the geysers as well. Um, just as I happen to be in proximity, these things, you know, I'll, I'll just go and do them and yeah, you get, you get some of those special coffers and there's uh, a, there's cool. a special motif, correct? Yeah. I don't think I've gotten any pages of that oh, yet, but gotcha. yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. Somerset event. I said it last time, Somerset favorite expansion, really, really good worth checking out and it's 50% off right now. Um, there was also a live stream just last night, or just yesterday afternoon, I guess, um, where they were showing off um, the the new character pathing feature for um, for housing, and they also no announced the contest winners for the this Nord Vampire uh, housing contest. Um, the The pathing demo is pretty cool, although I think they didn't really show anything. Like if you've already been like looking on YouTube at some videos that other content creators have made, I don't think. They really showed anything new that we haven't seen already, but it was cool to actually have a developer there talking about it and commenting on why they made certain decisions and stuff. I always like to hear those kinds of things. So That's cool. um, that um, video is up on their Twitch channel if you want to just watch a replay of that. Surprisingly, I did not win the home decorating contest, I know. Yeah, it's so weird. I wonder if it's partially due to the fact that you didn't enter the contest. Is you that, know, that has anything to do with it? 
I've been wondering that. You know, I well, <laughs> that could be that could be the primary reason. <laughs> yeah, that might have something to do with it. Yeah. So yeah, they they announced the the winner of that thing. So if you're interested in that, check that out. And they showed off all the screenshots that were submitted. And I gotta say, some some really really impressive stuff. Uh, I just made a couple of notes while I was watching it. Uh, Gina said that the the PTS patch notes for week three, the notes are not even halfway done yet. So that makes me think maybe it's going to be a uh, a big one. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. That's that's an that's an interesting note. That that uh, man, there, it seems like there's going to be a lot of changes coming. Possibly so. Um, they they also reminded us that uh, when PTS updates, um, they're changing the character templates. So. For the North American server, like right now, if you log into the PTS, you'll notice all your characters are there. They've been ported over from the from the live server. Uh, when they do this update on week three, your characters aren't going to be there at all anymore. Uh, so you'll just have to make brand new characters from a template. Um, and then the European server is the opposite. They haven't had access to their characters on the PTS thus far. It's only been templates so far. And so now on this update, the e, uh, EU players uh, will have access to their actual characters on the PTS. Okay, so speaking of PTS, let's talk about what's been going on in PTS this past week. Uh, of course, for most people, by the time you're listening to this, already week three has dropped. But I like I like talking about what's what's been going on in PTS at the end of the week, you know, because we've had time to actually test stuff out. We've had time to like, you know, read through the forums and have conversations with other players to see how we feel about things. And I just feel like there's more of a conversation to have at th- at the end of the week. We get to get to let it sink in for a week and kind of process. Yeah, exactly. So who knows? All, some of the stuff that we talk about here might be completely invalid by the time <laughs> someone's listening to it. But, you know, it's just fun to talk about anyway. So only really only one skill change worth uh, talking about, and it's for the Dragon Knight's coagulating uh, blood ability. So they increase the base healing of this ability by about 12%, which is a pretty big buff. Uh, and they say that's going to bring it closer in line with other heals, such as Breath of Life. And they say it should be slightly weaker than Breath of Life when your health is above 50%, but slightly stronger than Breath of Life when you're below 50% health. That sounds that sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, this is this is an, uh, an interesting one. Um, we were talking about this a little bit, but I'm contemplating at least worth you know testing on my Stam DK about. Uh, possibly switching to this as a heal. Uh, I currently use the um, the Obsidian Shield morph, where it extends your um, uh, major mending. Mm-hmm. Where it, and I usually pop that and then pop my vigor, and so you know I have this really huge uh, vigor that pops over four seconds. Um, but I'm interested about possibly looking into this. They both cost Magicka. Um, about the same amount of magicka, and this one is, you know, can't is based off magicka, so that could be a factor. Uh, but you get a lot of buffs with this one. You get a you get a pretty strong heal with it, um, and you also get some health recovery. And so this might be something I actually look into as a new healing option for my stam DK. Even yeah, yeah, it seems like if you can if you can sustain the magicka, it could be all right. I mean, it's not going to be as strong of a heal as it would be, of course, on a on a mag DK, but it it sure. might still be strong enough like you pop a vigor then cast this thing while your vigor's ticking and just kind of get a a big burst uh, all at once i could see that working so that's really the only um significant skill change that was made which kind of makes me think that they may not be planning to make many other class balance changes going forward i kind of feel like 
where the classes are right now is probably where they're going to be. I mean, who knows? I could be totally wrong, but since they're only changing one single ability this patch and no indication that they have plans to do anymore, I kind of feel like classes are are where they're going to be at right now. And I just wanted to maybe talk a minute about, you know, how we feel about class balance right now. Do we feel like uh, any classes are being represented more than others? I guess specifically in PvP. Um, have you yeah. have you noticed anything like that? No, I mean, you know, I think Stam Necro is a popular class right now, but I actually feel really good about class balance right now. Um, I know that, um, like I said, Stam Necro is kind of the, the flavor of the month right now, but, uh, you know, I've got multiple multiple characters, multiple classes, and I really feel pretty good about all of them, and I think they, that we're in a real good spot as far as class balance, um, even for, for CP and no CP. Yeah, I think I agree. You know, I've been trying to pay attention, especially this past week. Um, I like in battlegrounds and stuff. Like, what are the classes that I'm seeing the most of? Uh, and you're right, totally. Stamina Necromancer does stand out quite a bit right now. And really, I think the the biggest kind of dividing line is stamina versus magic. I don't think there's any one particular class, I guess, outside of the Necromancer that's standing out. Um, but yep. what is standing out is. Um, Stamina seems to be very dominant in PvP right now. Um, yeah. At least in Battlegrounds. Um, what I am finding interesting is I'm not seeing like the pervasiveness of um, Magicka Sorcerers like like we had been seeing there for a while. I mean, you still do see them, but even in Battlegrounds where it seems like is the highest concentration of Mag Sorks, I'm really not seeing a ton of them these days. Yeah, I, I actually would agree with that. Um, and like I said, I... This is just my personal opinion, but I think the you know the absence of the Magicka players I think just goes back to um, <laughs> we won't go deep into it, but I think it goes back into the single queue for battlegrounds. You know, I think um, a Magicka class is kind of built to to have a a large support role. You know, they're better suited for support on a back bar, mm-hmm. um, and you know, stamina is kind of more set up to be a really heavy hitting with damage. And so it's tougher to go in with lower damage and more support when you're going in solo to every match. Yeah, if you want to be a, a solo hero, it's going to be easier to do that on a stamina build. And in Battlegrounds, solo queue only, probably the better way to go, right? Yeah, it's just kind of promoting that right now. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Stamina Necromancer, I think, still standing standing out uh, ahead of everyone. And I'll talk about my Stamina Necromancer here in just a little bit. I'm starting to see why they're so powerful, because they, <laughs> they they have a really, really good toolkit. Um, a few changes to some armor sets. They're still kind of fiddling with some of these armor sets. So this one's got everyone talking. Uh, New Moon Acolyte got nerfed. Um, reduce the weapon and spell damage granted by the five piece bonus down to four four hundred one four zero one um, down from four eighty one. So I think that's a bummer to a lot of people. But the perplexing thing is the reasoning that they give. Um, they say that it's to make up for the fact that the that five percent cost penalty basically gets negated when you're in a in a group setting like a like a trial group giving you synergies and things like that. Um, they say it's not. They think it's not enough of a penalty in that sort of situation. Um, and from what I read on the forums, it seems like players are skeptical of that reasoning. Like it seems like, like that seems like a weird reasoning, but I don't know. What, do, how do you feel about this change, Red? 
Um, I actually I like this change. Um, I the the reasoning is the strange part to me. I mean, this everybody that plays knows New Moon Acolyte by far the most used set, at least from a PvP standpoint. Um, I really don't know it's PVE, but it would it would make sense in PvE as well. Yeah. Um, this is kind of the it set. This is kind of the meta set. Um, so many people are using it, and so the change to me. The reasoning for the changes is that this is a set that the majority of every player is wearing. So for for balance, they are going to lower the set a little bit to kind of create some diversity with sets. Uh, I think that is the reason why they're doing this. To say that it's for this cost penalty, I don't know. That seems like a weird reasoning to me. I think if they just would have come out and said, you know, the majority of players are wearing this set. We looked at the numbers. We don't like a you know we don't like a set to have that higher percentage usage rate. We want to kind of diversify it a little bit more. I would have been okay with that reasoning because that makes sense to me. Is that you know if there's one set that stands above the rest, which this one has done, then it's probably a little bit out of, out of balance, and so you just kind of have to bring it back into balance. Yeah, I think it's always expected that they're going to attempt to make whatever new sets that are coming out more appealing than sets that are already in the game right so i think yeah i kind of always expect these kinds of things to happen you know this is the old hotness so they're going to bring it down a little bit so that you're you're a little bit more enticed by the new hotness makes sense to me i do feel like the the reasoning given here seems a little silly um <laughs> you know if that's the case i feel like they would just increase the the cost penalty but I don't know. That would be maybe that would be too much of a penalty against solo players. So I don't, I don't know. Still a great set. Uh, still, still a really great set. Um, you know, four hundred weapon damage. Five uh, percent cost is is not huge. Uh, I still think it's going to be a great set. It just it's, and that's I think you bring up a really good point is that it's not the new most recent uh, expansion type set anymore. So yeah, and this is uh, it's funny. I, we're probably not even the, like good people to be talking about this, right? Because like you and I are both are both kind of averse. To, we've never even used this set at all. I think for kind of never made it kind of differing reasons. Like for me, it's just like oh, well, I don't want a five percent cost increase. Like no, thank you. Like I'm always I'm wanting more sustain. I'm never I'm never wanting less sustain. So that's right away. I'm like no, thank you. I don't want this set. My reasoning is very much I don't want to with the amount of people that use this set it just immediately turns me off. I, I like my characters and my builds to be uh, not that you, I mean you can make really unique and really great builds with this set. I just um, if there's a set that the majority of people out there are wearing it kind of turns me off from it just because I want to try to look elsewhere for some uh, yeah. utilized set or things like that. Yeah, and and plus it's just like not interesting like it's a powerful set but it's not in, it doesn't do anything interesting right you just you have this damage now you have this cost increase now that's the end of it uh, and if yep. yeah like you and i we're, we're trying to kind of get creative with builds and have fun interesting play styles and there there are other sets that play into that sort of stuff a little better i can it makes sense with so many players are using this it makes sense that there's a lot of people that are upset about this but i think overall for the game, I do think this is a good change. A lot of people are looking at Briarheart now. A lot of people that like are really have been using this set a lot um, are are probably looking to switch to Briarheart because that's going to give you uh, 450 weapon damage compared to the 401 that this gives you now. So just a little bit more, and you will have like four or five seconds of downtime uh, with with 10 seconds of uptime on Briarheart. So 
there is that, but it's also healing you while it procced. It's a, it's a really, really good set. So I think, I think probably a lot of people are going to be switching to that. Yeah. Briarheart has really risen up the, up the ranks oh, yeah. <laughs> this past couple of months. Huge fan. I used it on my Stam Sork. Uh, you use it, what, on your Stamplar, right? Yep. Yep. I have it on my Stamplar. Excellent set. Um, Spell Power Cure, um, I guess, got nerfed a little bit. They reduced the duration of the major Courage buff that the set grants uh, to 5 seconds instead of 10 seconds. Uh, and they basically, my own abridged version of their words, they say that that's to reinforce the need to constantly be overhealing uh, your allies. So, I don't know. This this has caused some controversy as well. And you and I have... I, I, I currently use this set. I know you've used this set in the past. Do you think it's still good? Do you think it's still worth using? I th- I think it's still worth using. Um, it it's the, you know obviously that's a that's a pretty big nerf, but I think that it's still. I think it just is. It's used differently for a different kind of healer now. Uh, I think in the past this was, you know, a healer build with this set was very much almost kind of like a an off DPS, if you will. And so they were doing a lot of DPS, and then they'd have this this set, and they'd heal on the back bar, uh, drop a couple powerful heals, hit people with this, and then go back to dealing damage. Uh, this, to me, with this set, kind of more encourages more of a, a an all-out healer uh, type of build. Um, that you know, less DPS, less focus, and and the majority of the focus is going to be on the healing, so that you can uh, bring everybody up um, to full health. You know, yeah. obviously you want to make sure that you're doing that every every five seconds. I um I think that's kind of the main complaint that I've that I've seen and heard is that this makes you have to be like a straight heal bot the whole time. And we've we've talked lots of times before, especially in uh like four man dungeons, um it's so easy to overheal, right? Like uh, a lot of the time only so much healing is needed. And any more healing that is just kind of wasted energy, and you may as well use that energy to do more DPS and things like that. Um, so it's it's kind of weird that this is, I don't know, it's sort of artificially creating a need to constantly overheal, even though the the actual healing isn't needed. You know, mm-hmm. so that's that's kind of I don't know. I feel like that would be kind of annoying to me. I I use this on a on a support build, uh, a PvP support build. I think it's a little different. I think it's still going to work pretty well right there uh, but i, I yep. could see some pve healers being pretty annoyed by this because you basically are just going to have to never not be spamming heals to to keep that up time yeah uh, i will say that you know we in the last episode we mentioned um this set along with redistributor based on the changes uh this change to me almost makes that setup even make even more sense yeah yeah totally um, and another change they made to this, I think we mentioned it last time, is uh, spell power cure will will now apply up to to up to six group members instead of four. So that kind of compensates a little bit, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so then the next one, this is kind of a related uh, set here: Ves- vestments of Alorima. Alorima. How do, how do we say? Gri- we we our buddy Grizzly Khan was on Discord with us last night. Shout out to Grizzly Khan, and he uh. <laughs> he finally taught us how to pronounce the name of this set. It's uh, Alorima, right? Wasn't that it? Oh, I thought it was Olorime, but Olorima, Olorima. That's how it is. There it is. Olorima. All right, we got it. All right, <laughs> let's let's cut that part out. Start all over. Gri- Grizzly Khan <laughs> taught us how to say this set. <laughs> 
Uh, Ola Rima. That's it. That's it. Definitely. I knew I wasn't saying it right. Um, so they reduced the duration of the area of effect that, that grants major courage. So we're not talking about the major courage buff. We're talking about the area of effect that grants major courage. Uh, that little circle that you put on the ground is going to last for five seconds now instead of uh, instead of 10 seconds. Uh, but it still has a 10-second cooldown, so you're going to have five seconds of downtime uh, with that circle. Uh, but they've increased the duration of the major courage buff um, up to 20 seconds instead of 10 seconds. So it lasts much longer. So basically, I think this puts more of the pressure on your DPS. You have this five-second window to go get in that circle, get your buff. Uh, but then you have 20 whole seconds where you don't have to worry about it anymore. You just have to make sure you capitalize on these uh, windows of opportunity. So now it's like sparked this whole debate. Like, okay, well now is uh, Olarima or Spell Power Cure better? They both provide the same major courage buff. That's why we use it. Um, and up to this point, I think Olarima has been considered uh, the meta. It's been everyone's favorite. Uh, but now with this weird like five second downtime, uh, but with the extended duration and with spell power cure getting changed, uh, I don't know. I think we're kind of back to having to figure that out again. With my personal play style and and from my thoughts initially, uh, I still I I like spell power cure better. I feel like that the requirement of of DPS or anybody that's needing that major courage to kind of interrupt what they're doing to go and, and touch this circle or, or to, you know, to, to interrupt their, their rotation and their damage rotation from a PVP standpoint, or even a PVE standpoint. Um, you know, how much, how much damage loss is that causing for them to kind of have to add this, essentially add this into their rotation rather than them just focus on dealing damage where spell power cure, they don't have to worry about it. That's just, it's just kind of all on the healer. You can make sure that they have it. Uh, they can keep kind of doing their main focus without uh, having any interruptions. Yeah, totally. And I think this is really a PVE conversation because for PVP, I think it's no question. Like Olarima is just not really usable there. Uh, like the fights move around so much uh, that I think yep. it's just you're hardly ever going to be able to get people to to touch that circle. Uh, so if if you're Looking at these two for a PvP build, I would say Spell Power Cure for sure, even with the shortened duration. Um, I think that's going to be the way to go. For for PvP, or I'm, I'm sorry, for PvE, I think for organized raid groups, uh, Olorima is probably still going to be uh, the favorite one there, just because that that long duration. But you're going to have to be on Discord uh, and uh, going to have to be pretty coordinated. Because I think, like you and me, Davius, we play with a lot of randoms. And, yep. you know, they just... Oftentimes they don't notice the circle, or even if they do see it, they may not actually know what it is, so they may not realize it's important to go stand in it to to get that buff. It just goes to waste a lot of the time. Whereas spell power cure, they're getting the buff whether they, whether they even know it or not. Right. Well, and with the you know with the circle only being five seconds now, you know even if they maybe they don't notice it right away, but then they do notice it. Well, then you know they they try to get it and then it's gone by the time you know it's just yeah uh, yeah. I think I think you made a perfect point. I think on a very well organized Discord group, you know, this is still the way to go. Um, but if it's not that setup, then I think spell power cure is going to be the way to go. Yeah, I think for a lot of, for people who play solo a lot, play with randoms a lot. I think already spell power cure has been the preferred set for those people for a while uh, already. Uh, I think that's probably still going to be the case. 
Um, let's move on and talk about Unleashed Terror. This is the set that all of the PvP, uh, you know, offensive-focused players are uh, are really wanting to get their hands on. Um, it was looking really scary week one of PTS, uh, and they've toned it down a bit. And I have a feeling it's probably going to stay about where it's at uh, right here. Um, so they adjusted the the set the proc to persist for ten seconds instead of five seconds, so it lasts it lasts twice as long, um, and the total amount of damage is the same. So it still has like that nineteen k tooltip, but it's going to be spread out over ten seconds instead of five seconds. So much less bursty. I think a lot easier to manage. I still think this is going to be a fantastic set. I feel like when you say the name Unleashed Terror, there should be like some heavy metal that just starts playing <laughs> yeah <laughs> still super strong i mean 19k over 10 seconds i mean a two a 2k bleed that you just apply guaranteed by using a gap closer still super duper strong so it's i think absolutely still people are going to use this set 100 percent. yeah i think it i think this change is good i think this change caused it to be where a lot of players are are figuring out oh i can work that into my build it's going to be really good where before with the five seconds it was like all right you almost have to work this into your build. It's so good. That that was going to be ridiculous. Like pairing that up with the the Maelstrom two hander, which is still what I'm planning to do on my Stam DK. But that that was going to be absurd to be able to put a 30k bleed over five seconds with with one single button. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that they recognize the need to tone that down a bit. Oh, I did want to talk about. I actually did want to dig into this set just a little bit more because um, there's just a couple of things I hadn't really thought of. Uh, the the last time we talked about this, which is the um, the AOE potential um, of this set. Now we we did mention like a, a Stamsork using Streak can proc this set, but it didn't really dawn on me that Streak deals AOE damage, so th it's going to proc this set on everyone that it hits. So you can put this strong bleed on an entire group of players right away. Um, and if you're using um, if you're using uh, that Maelstrom two-hander. The Stampede Morph of Critical Charge, it leaves an AoE circle on the ground uh, wherever you land. Um, and so, you know, whoever's standing inside that AoE circle is going to get the proc from that Maelstrom two-hander and uh, this Unleashed Terror set right away. Uh, and again, that's just one button to apply two powerful bleeds to a whole group of players. So, I mean, I'm imagining you can just, like my Dragonite's just going to be able to gap close into a group. Maybe a dragon leap and a couple of spinda wins, and I got like three or four kills right there. Kind of how I'm, yeah. how I'm how I'm expecting that to go. The the scary part to me <clears throat> lies with the 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 sork streak, like you said, is is a sork streaking in. This dot gets applied. Everyone's it's an stunned. Unblockable, yeah, it's an unblockable stun. So you're just sitting there stunned with this, you know, high damage bleed ticking, uh, just kind of sitting there, for just for the you know. Just ripe and ready to be to be taken out. I think this in a in a battleground, that's a pretty terrifying scenario. I could even imagine a a stam sork using um, the mages guild meteor ultimate. Do a meteor streak through through the group to to apply oh the bleed, gosh. and the meteor hits the whole group. You know, a couple of spin to wins, and that's yeah, probably it right probably, there. Probably just one spin, and yeah. then it's over. And I know Meteor is typically a Magicka ultimate, but in no CP it doesn't matter. It hits it's, it hits as hard on as as anyone. All right, so that's all I want to say about Unleashed Terror. Um, the Thracian Stranglers are still they're still working on these things here. Um, so they increase the duration of each stack 
uh, to 10 minutes. Last week, they, they made it 30 seconds. So 10 minutes is way, way better. Uh, and they say that um, that makes the stacks essentially permanent, but it fixes some bugs that are associated with having actual permanent stacks. Um, so I guess that they just have to do it this way to get rid of some bugs. 10 minutes is permanent enough, I guess. Um, they're still working on it. This, these things aren't actually on PTS yet, but uh, they are. They say they are planning to increase the maximum stack count up to 50 instead of 20. Um, so that'll give you a total of 2,000 extra weapon and spell damage if you have all the stacks, but it's going to be 50% bonus damage taken and 50% uh, reduced shield effectiveness and healing instead of, I think it was 40% before. Um, so there's a really long dev comment about what they're, why they're making these kinds of changes and what they want out of this set. Uh, basically, this, they just say they want it to be more risky. They want players to to feel the need to dump those stacks from time to time rather than just keeping them all the time. Uh, and they also say that it's uh, they're showing that this this is just too ubiquitous in trial groups. Like they don't they don't want every single damage dealer in trial groups wearing this set. Uh, and so now with uh, with the max stacks being up to fifty, it's just not going to be possible for every damage dealer to get the full stacks because there's just not that many things to kill in a trial. Uh, plus the the more riskiness as well uh, might discourage some players uh, on top of that. What do you think, man? Do you think these changes make this set more uh, interesting to to you? I know this is one we were saying. Like I don't I don't really know about the stranglers. This is one of those items. They're just they're not quite happy with it, and so they're trying all these different changes. There's an idea to it, but they just can't quite find some you know the details to it that they're happy with. Uh, you know, you said this, you told me this, and I 100% agree with it. I just think there's going to be a lot more changes coming with these uh, Thoracian Stranglers. It, it yeah. just seems like they can't quite figure out what they want it to be or, or, or get the numbers right on it. Or they haven't yet. Like, they're, I, yeah. yeah, I definitely feel like it's not there yet. Like, they have these, they've said, there's here's some more changes we're planning to make probably next week. I have a feeling that's not even going to be the end of it. I bet these are going to continue to get tweaked over the next couple of patches. It's just such a like a wild card of a set, you know. It's like such a yeah. huge reward, such a huge risk. I imagine it's going to be difficult to to get that really well balanced. It makes a lot of sense from a PVE standpoint. I could see it being really good if you've got a a dedicated healer on you and you're avoiding uh, damage, um, you know, as a DPS. I could see these being fantastic from a PVE standpoint. So. That's probably where I'm at is that I, I do kind of want to get a pair of these just for a PVE. I'm, I'm thinking about making a, just a PVE-focused character uh, for mm -hmm. DPS. And so I could see me using these for that. But outside of that, I, I, I don't have any any interested use for them. I think the 10-minute the stacks puts it back kind of in the maybe I'm interested column. Uh, you know, like with the 30-second stacks that they were talking about last last week i was like well definitely not i'm not gonna bother trying to get my hands on these leads to get this thing yeah. um but i think i i think i'm, I'm with you i want to put this on a pve dps build probably my magicka vampire nightblade i think it'd be just really well fitting on that uh and i want to check it out man i think uh, i like this risk reward idea here and the 10 minute long stacks i think makes it usable again so let's talk a little bit about Torig's Pact. Uh, this is one of my favorite armor sets in the game. Uh, we already talked about it last week. Um, they're, uh, they're buffing this set considerably, uh, and they're just kind of making some final tweaks. And I just wanted to talk about it a little bit more here, just because it's such a cool set. 
Um, so now we have the correct um, tooltips there. It increases the glyph potency by 45% instead of the ridiculous 90% that was on <laughs> PTS last week. And they said last week that was a mistake. Sorry, it's going to be 45. Um, and then the cool the cooldown is also decreased by uh, by another 3%. So it's 33% re reduction on the cooldown instead of just 30% with that 45% increased potency. So... I just wanted to talk about some numbers. I normally don't like to really get into numbers on the podcast because I think it can kind of get boring, but the numbers on Torg's Pact are really interesting, I think. So let's talk about a, a weapon damage glyph, like a, a a glyph of weapon damage that you put on, on your weapon, and when you when it procs, it just gives you additional weapon and spell damage. Um, if you put that glyph on an infused weapon without Torg's Pact, uh, when that glyph procs, it's going to give you 452 weapon damage. Uh, or and spell damage, weapon and spell damage. Uh, and it, if you put Torig's Pact with a, this new Torig's Pact, that's going to put that up to 655 uh, weapon damage and weapon and spell damage when it procs. That's more than Clever Alchemist gives you. That is a lot of weapon and spell damage. <laughs> yeah. And so they removed on the two piece bonus, it was uh, 129 spell damage. They, they removed that and replaced it with uh, an armor stat. Um, but you're getting more. You're getting 203 additional weapon and spell damage from your infused damage glyph with that 45%, that 15% uh, buff to the potency there. So you're actually getting more weapon and spell damage back than what was taken away. Plus, you have that line of armor now, mm -hmm. uh, assuming you're using a, a, a glyph of weapon damage on your infused weapon, which I think on your back bar definitely you, you want to be doing that. Um, so that's cool. Um, and then also on the topic of damage dealing glyphs, so these are glyphs like uh, like Glyph of Shock, Glyph of Flame, uh, Poison, uh, Disease, those kinds of glyphs. Um, these things are amazing on Torx Pack. They're they're amazing anyway. I've kind of had a like a, an awakening about how powerful these types of glyphs can be, especially in no CP PvP, uh, and they're just ridiculous on uh, on Torx Pack. So. Let's go through some numbers here. So these types of glyphs, uh, shock, fire, poison, etc. Um, by default, on a, on a normal, like non-infused weapon, like say you put it on a sharpened weapon or whatever, those glyphs have a four-second cooldown. So if you're doing a rotation, your light attack weaving, it's going to fire every fourth light attack, guaranteed. So you put that glyph on an infused weapon, and that cuts the cooldown by 50%. So now that glyph has a two-second cooldown instead of a four-second cooldown which means in a rotation it's going to fire every other light attack weave, guaranteed. Um, and on an infused weapon, it hit with, with no CP, it hits for about 3,500 damage. It's not, not bad for every other light attack. So if you add Torig's Pact into the mix on an infused weapon, it's going to be a total of a 83% reduction in that cooldown, on that cooldown, which is going to take the cooldown of that glyph to around one second. Although with my testing, the, the math doesn't seem to line up exactly. It seems to be maybe slightly more than one second, but it's it's in that ballpark. Um, and I was testing this on PTS just yesterday. Um, so if you're using Torx Pact with an infused uh, weapon with a like one of these damage dealing glyphs, on a, on a target dummy, if you're doing a DPS rotation like as fast as you possibly can, You'll be outpacing that cooldown just slightly, so it'll still probably just fire about every other light attack, just as if you weren't using Torigs, except it'll hit harder. 
Um, but if you slow that rotation down just slightly, I'm talking like by a millisecond, um, then it fires every single light attack. Um, and so in PvP, you can probably count on that proccing on every single solitary light attack weave because there's no way in PvP with players moving around and dodging and ducking and blocking and all this stuff, you know, you're not going to be able to have like a target dummy level of precision on executing your combo there. There's going to be all these starts and stops. So yeah. I, I think in a PvP scenario, you can pretty much count on on those glyphs proccing every single one of your light attack weaves, um, you know, and dealing a crap load of additional damage because it's infused and of Torg's Pact. Um, so this is a, this has always been a really, really great set, uh, and it's going to be uh, even better now. And those glyphs, by the way, with Torg's Pact, it's gonna, they're going to hit for about 5,100 damage, you know, every light attack weave. Kind of amazing. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, this is this is going to be, this is this is getting a major buff. And and like you said, those numbers, you know, this proccing every, you know, with this and infused proccing every single light attack, uh, that is a that's a that can come out to a lot of damage. Um, and this is also, I think, a common complaint that I hear, especially from PvP players, is that all the good proc sets are for stamina builds and magicka builds. There's a, there's a few decent ones, but there's there's not nearly as many good options for proc sets for Magicka builds. And I would say that's totally true. Um, except this this one exception right here, Torix Pact, I would say, is the best proc set in the game. Uh, and it's crafted. Uh, anyone can use it, Magicka or Stamina. Um, so, you know, I would say if you're looking for a good proc set for a Magicka build, say like a Magblade or something like that, um, this this is maybe about the best one you could choose, I would say, especially after this buff here. Uh, the only thing I would say is that um, to get good use out of it, uh, you got to be pretty good at light attack weaving because yeah. it basically doesn't do anything if you're not yep. light attack weaving. So that's the only caveat I would say there. And I wanted to revisit this uh, Elemental Catalyst set. Uh, they're not making any additional changes to this set, but um, I was, I've just been thinking about it all week. This is This is... One of the sets, maybe the set that has stuck in my mind the most this past week uh, uh, from the, from the PTS, and it's just really interesting. So, as a reminder, uh, this is the one where uh, when you deal elemental damage, it applies a stack of elemental weakness, uh, which increases the target's critical damage taken. It's a total of like eighteen percent uh, additional critical damage taken uh, if they have all three stacks, uh, and that that duration for that debuff lasts uh, five seconds. So. I've been thinking about this set, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be putting this on my Magic and Necromancer healer um, when, whenever this set becomes available. So right now, the, the setup for that uh, character is um, uh, the Mending set, aka Healing Mage, uh, Critical Repost, and Mighty Chudan. So just a typical 5-5-2 setup. The idea is uh, I'm going to replace Critical Repost with this set, Elemental Catalyst. Uh, and then I'm going to keep mending, but only on the back bar, uh, because I realized that that set only ever gets procced on the back bar anyway. You proc this set with uh, an AoE healing ability, and I only have those on my back bar, so I don't really need it on my front bar. Um, and so I, I'll, I'll lose the the four piece bonus when I swap to my front bar, but all the four piece bonus is is a four percent healing done. I feel like. I'm only really doing serious healing on my back bar anyway. I feel like that's not much of a loss. Uh, and so then on the front bar, I'm going to put um, a Black Rose Prison Frost Staff. Now listen to what this thing does. 
Um, it reduces the cost of your impulse ability by 10%. Impulse is it's the very last skill in the Destro Staff skill line. It's that AoE spammable that like it's a big circular area around you. Reduces the, uh, the cost of that by 10%. Uh, and it places a, uh, when it hits people, it, it, it places uh, lingering elemental damage on those targets, dealing 3965 flame, shock, and frost damage over eight seconds. So it causes your impulse to deal all three types of elemental damage. So, and it's a huge area. This thing hits a massive area. So anyone that you hit with this just one single time. You know, every single person you hit with this is going to get the full maximum, all three stacks from Elemental Catalyst. Uh, so everyone's taking 18% additional critical damage just from hitting them with this one single time. Uh, on top of that, the, the Catalyst debuff lasts for five seconds, but this dot from the Black Rose Prison uh, staff, that lasts for eight seconds. Uh, and so it's going to reproc. Uh, the elemental catalyst as soon as it falls off. So you're getting a minimum of 10 seconds out of the elemental catalyst debuff uh, as long as they're not cleansing off these dots. Um, so really, really, really cool. Uh, so I'm, I'm definitely going to be putting that on my um, my magic and necromancer. I got a lot of farming to do because right now I, I have a black rose prison fire staff, but I need a frost staff. Um, and I'm going to have to farm this uh, elemental catalyst from a dungeon as well. So it'll take a little bit of time and effort to do it, but I think that's going to be an amazing, uh, an amazing setup and perfect, perfect for that, that build as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah. And I think it's huge too. You know, we've talked, you've told me about your idea on this, but um, with that impulse kind of becoming the new spam, but, you know, we've talked a lot about um, the morphs of it and really you're in good shape with either morph you go with. Uh, I'm having a hard time deciding which one I want. <laughs> One of those morphs uh, applies minor mangle to enemies, which you know anybody who's kept up with your your mag necro, it's very much a debuff uh, type of character, and so that minor mangle you know reduces max health. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the other one of these, which I think, if I'm guessing, is probably the one you're favoring, uh, actually lets you aim this circle uh, at a range. Yeah, yeah, you can uh, you can cast it at a target location rather than right around you. And you're right, that is the one I'm kind of leaning towards, even though that 10% that, uh, health debuff is is attractive and very fitting for the build, but the the ability to, to cast it at a target lo location is really enticing because that morph, it has a full 28 meter range. You can cast it up to 28 meters away and it's a big circle. Uh, and you know, I'm using that remote totem ability too that has the exact same range. Um, and so I can just be like massively debuffing whole entire groups of people from far away. Um, but I'm really not sure though, because this character, I try to get like up into the middle of combat with this character, because that's that's how I can kind of apply all the debuffs and all the CC and all that sort of stuff. So I'm just going to have to try both more. So I think I'm going to have to like swap back and forth for a while and see which one I'm getting better use out of. Um, really, really cool idea, though. Putting all this together, I'm I'm excited to see this come together. Uh, it just amazes me that, uh, and I tested it. It totally does work uh, as expected. It just amazes me that this Black Rose Prison staff, just like one single cast, and everyone around me is now taking 18% additional crit damage for the next 10 seconds. Uh, pretty incredible. All right, why don't we take a quick break uh, and we'll come back and talk about what we've been up to in the Elder Scrolls Online this past week. We'll be right back.
I'm, I'm, this is what I'm calling it. I haven't told you this yet, but I have a, um, an old Betsy syndrome. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, ever, uh, you know, as, as regular listeners know, uh, old Betsy is your Stamplar, your favorite character. Uh-huh. And here recently you have had a struggle to log in with any other character. Yeah, totally. Um, I'm having that with my stamina warden, Bearclaw, the Nord. Uh, I this is the only character I've logged uh, logged into the game with this week outside of Goon Knight last night. Yeah, uh, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But uh, I finally finished this build, and I have just been obsessed with it. I'm having so much fun with it. Um, just to kind of give a a quick kind of uh, overview of what the build is and what it kind of finished as. Um, it is a heavy armor bow build, which we always joke about the craziness of that. Yeah. Um, but I am doing uh, just the typical 552 um, with the monster set. Uh, the monster set that I went with is Celestrix. Uh, that is the one that when you deal damage, you create an earthquake under the enemy that erupts after 1.5 seconds, dealing uh, 7,519 physical damage to all enemies within 4 meters and stunning them for three seconds. This effect can occur every six seconds. Um, and then I am still doing the innate axiom as well as the automatons. Uh, and just kind of overview these, the innate axiom adds 400 spell and weapon damage to your class abilities. The automatons adds 400 weapon damage to your physical damage abilities. Um, and I still have the same bar set up. The, the whole front bar is just every single one of the animal companions abilities. Uh, part of the benefit to that is, is for every one of those slotted, you get 2% increased damage. Uh, and so I have a total of 12% increased damage there, uh, tied with those two damage sets. Um, this, this, is, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I've been doing a, a lot more Battlegrounds here recently um, with this character. Uh, and it, is, it has gone great. It's, um, it's a really kind of wild build if you look at the stats. Uh, fully buffed up, I only have about 2,600 weapon damage. Um, because really most of my weapon damage is hidden behind those damage amplifier percentages, as well as those two sets that are just showing up on my tooltip. Yeah. Those two sets are giving you like 800 invisible damage. Yep. Plus I think, uh, I think you left some stuff out of your percentage amplifiers there too, because you get the minor berserk from your bird of prey for another 8%, right? Yes. So yeah. So minor berserk from the bird of prey is the 8%, 12% because I do use the bear ultimate. I'll talk about that here in a second. Huh. Uh, so there's 20%. And then you actually recommended this, but I now use the uh, the black rose dual wield weapons on the back bar. Yeah. Uh, and so I have the, spe- uh, the spectral, uh, the deadly cloak ability, mm-hmm. um, which uh, whenever uh, dealing damage with blades cloak grants you spectral cloak for two seconds. Uh, reducing your damage taken and increasing your damage done by six percent. So another amplifier there, um, and so it's it just really amplifies. And when you play with the character, you really see the damage. It's actually quite a lot of a burst. Um, That's you know, it's uh, pretty it's, simple. It's funny, like your total percentage damage done is more than the Malakath Band of Brutality gives you. Yeah, yep. You have like twenty six percent total there, I think. It's a hidden Malakath band of brutality. Plus, you can uh, crit. Another really, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, another really important part of the ability too is that you know one of the animal companion abilities is the growing swarm. The important part to that is it's giving them minor vulnerability, 
so it's also increasing their damage taken by 8%. So another ah. damage amplifier there. So it's really effectively um, more like, gosh, what is that now? Like 30-something percent? 34% increased damage when I'm attacking somebody. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, it, it Like I said, it works out really well. It's very... Uh, it's a lot of fun to play with, um, and with the heavy armor um, and a warden's toolkit, you know, a stamina warden's toolkit, uh, I've got great survivability. You know, I've got the shimmering shield. Uh, you know, stamina warden has that very unique uh, stamina heal, so I compare that with vigor. Um, you know, plus the deadly cloak ability. You know, with reducing my damage taken by six percent, uh, it's a very tanky build, which is it works You're to my Nord. advantage because. Yep, Anima Nord. So it works out really well when I'm in Battlegrounds. People see this kind of uh, bow character, so they really kind of come and try to focus me, and he's very much tanky enough to uh, fight somebody right in their face. Uh, it's It's been a lot of fun. The unique part to it is, is I don't actually have a stun slotted, uh, but I actually depend on parts of the build for my stun. So as I said, that Celestrix, uh, when that uh, hits... That's an AOE stun. When that hits people, that stuns them for three seconds. As well as the bear ability, um, he actually has a, a an ability that he... It just says sometimes. I need to look up what the percentage that the bear actually does that ability. Uh, but he... Uh, his regular hits deal 2,640 physical damage. And then it just says sometimes swipes all enemies in front of it, dealing 10,574 physical damage and stunning them for two seconds. Uh, so between the bear doing that swipe ability and the Celestrix, uh, there's actually quite a bit of stuns going on, uh, that, and, it, and it works out because you're actually yeah. stunning uh, the people you're fighting. Um, you know, with the name of this character, Bearclaw, I love the theme with all the animal companions, and I actually was able to fit in the, the bear ultimate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and using the bear ultimate might be my favorite part of You've this You've gotten build. pretty good with that thing. Yeah, well, and it's such a non pvp ultimate ability i feel like that most most times when people see me with this bear in a battleground uh they're they immediately like okay here's this pv guy in this battleground (laughs) uh he's not set up for this uh and it works to my advantage because it really you know a lot of people really underestimate this bear but with those two sets i have on he's getting the same buff that those sets do and so, as I said, that that maul that he does that you know that de- that deals ten thousand five hundred seventy four AOE damage. Yeah. Uh, so he does that. That's a heavy hit. And then, um, more importantly, is that I have it uh, morphed to the Wild Guardian morph, which is kind of the stamina version of this. But uh, for seventy five ultimate, I use the bear as my execute ability because I don't have an execute ability slotted either. Uh, and the execute ability, which for seventy five ultimate, which a shimmering shield and an ord, I always have that much ultimate. It's very easy to get. Yeah. Um, but that ability uh, hits for eleven thousand nine hundred fifty-eight damage, physical damage. So about twelve thousand physical damage, but it deals a hundred percent more damage to enemies below twenty-five percent health. Yeah. Uh, so in no CP, that's a twenty-four thousand uh, damage execute uh, to enemies below twenty-five percent health. Yeah, that's. That's insane. <laughs> it is a massive hit. If I if if I could somehow break down the numbers, I would very much be willing for seventy five ultimate. Yeah, for seventy five, I'm dealing twenty four thousand damage. I would be be very willing to bet that the if you were to break down the kills between uh, my character and the bear, 
The bear has more kills. The than bear me. gets more kills than you do. <laughs> the bear always is stealing my kills. <laughs> also, that thing is an incredible body block, man. It's pretty darn big. Oh, it's fantastic. And they are it's they are tanky suckers, dude. Have you ever like tried to kill yep. a warden's bear? I have before. I almost always say, "Oh, never mind. Forget this bear. I'm just going to run away because it's it, it's gonna. I'm going to have to sit there and work on this thing to kill it, man." Yeah, the bear uh, works out really well as the body block. I actually have kind of trained myself, you know, as a as a bow build with this uh, with this setup. To I'm always I'm I'm usually in some sort of somewhat melee range just because the character's tanky enough to do that. We always kind of make the joke that he's the melee bow heavy build character but yeah my uh, in my imagination he doesn't even have any arrows he just he just hits people <laughs> with the bow he doesn't use he doesn't use arrows he's just beating people with that that stick bow um but i've trained myself that most of the time when i'm fighting people i'm just moving and and staying mobile uh to get behind the bear and they're usually wasting their hits on the bear wasting their you know heavy hitters for the bear you know i'm using the sub assault which is you know applying major fracture uh which is reducing their physical resistance uh, but another really nice part of this too is the um, the spammable, the cutting dive, which is the stamina morph, um, is also uh, applying off balance uh, to enemies. Yeah. Uh, when I hit them, so um, really just a, a lot of kind of debuffs that are just kind of happening naturally with the build. Um, it just kind of all comes together. It is so much fun to play with. Uh, it with it having ranged abilities, uh, it really opens the doors up for. Uh, it does a great job, you know, chasing down characters or really working in multiple situations. It can work in melee range. It can work, at, at, you know, at, at a distance, uh, actual range fight. Uh, prepared, he's just like so much fun. The absolute Swiss Army knife, prepared for anything. <laughs> it really is, and 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 it just it's it's really fun to see, you know, all those damage amplifiers, kind of the hidden burst ability that the that the build has, um, and then. Nothing's more satisfying than watching these players. Like you said, sometimes they'll start attacking the bear and then they'll just be like, oh, forget this. This thing's too tanky. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, I pop that execute and yeah. that bear. Hey, don't ignore that bear. Them off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's 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 a lot of fun. This this build has been so much fun. And I just, I can't get enough of it right now. I got the old Bessie syndrome. Every time I log in, I just see this and I, I've been logging in, doing um, Battlegrounds. Like I said, I've actually... Uh, done more battlegrounds this week probably than I have the past couple of months. Um, yeah, uh, it's 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 been fun. You know, anytime we do battlegrounds, we always talk about we miss the group battlegrounds. Um, but I have had fun with this character just because, like you said, this the wardens are naturally a Swiss Army knife, and then the Swiss Army knife of this character um, really makes battlegrounds a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, I love ward wardens are an awesome PvP class. Like I would say. Anyone's like trying to like maybe do PvP for the first time and trying to figure out what class to make, probably Warden. Stamina or Magicka. They're both like it's just like easy mode almost. Yeah, they just they just have such a well rounded toolkit. They really can have a little bit of everything. Um Yeah, I think that's the main that's the main thing. It's like however you want the build to be set up, you have all those those tools at your disposal. So it's just really easy to dial it in just the way you like it. Uh, and then I have you to thank for, you know, as I was saying earlier, my Celestrix piece shoulder that I finally ended up getting ended up being a well-fitted. And I know how much you love well-fitted. So I was like, I thought, well, I'll try it on this build to see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm actually running three well-fitted pieces with four M-pin pieces. 
Uh, and that's been fantastic. Uh, really um, helped me with sustain and uh, it helps a lot with the bear blocking. You know, I'm just roll dodging uh, and rolling right behind the bear, you know, roll dodging things, keep keep myself behind the bear. Yeah. Um, it's worked out really well. I mean, yeah, that 15% cost reduction is quite a bit and that's going to be 18% cost reduction when this next patch yep. drops. Only getting better. Pretty sweet, man. Yeah, what else, dude? Uh, yep. So, uh, like I said, been with that character all week, except for last night. Last night we had a goon night, which uh, I think we can both agree was a fantastic goon night. We had a we had um, a very successful goon night. A lot of fun. <laughs> we, uh, you finally moved your stamp sork over to EP. So we we have been anticipating this day for a while, <laughs> yeah. but we did it. The dual stamp sork. Yep. Uh, anybody who's listened in the past knows how much, uh, I love Stamp Sork. You sold me on Stamp Sork. I made one. Love it. Um, and Grizz was able to join up with us for Goon Night, which was a lot of fun. So the three of us were just running around in the sewers, uh, two Stamp Sorks zipping around and Grizz had actually had some heals to help us out. He was actually on a Warden, uh, a little bit lower level, but, uh, still very helpful in the heals. I gotta say, I was surprised at the uh, the amount of healing power he was throwing out. I think he was a level tw- he had a level twenty eight character, which Grizz has been playing a long time. Yeah, this is just a new character he just made. Uh, yep. But I was surprised at how how much uh, he was helping our survivability with that little baby character of his. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it was so much fun. We were we were just zipping around and spinning to win, uh, and it was successful. We we ran into. Um, couple a couple of groups uh and uh briefly I'll very just, brief <laughs> encounters <laughs> brief encounters that uh went our way i'll just yeah. say it that way uh but a lot of fun a lot of fun it it, it was it was a lot of fun to get on the stamp sork again and running two stamp sorks was just oh, it's so it was, fun man it was equally fun just with how well it worked but equally fun with just how it looked it was just zipping and streaking everywhere and then just spinning so many spins and, so many and just spins. All, all the dawn breakers and yeah we yep. have very similar loadouts so yeah, yeah. We, we were just like i keep calling them the bushwhack twins it's just as <laughs> funny to me but uh, we're just like freaking rampaging just streaking through oh, everything it's so much fun we were just we were yeah, just in the sewers farming televar for the most part is what we were doing last yeah. night yeah it was a successful night i think i ended up at the end of the night it would be with about 10 to fifteen thousand televar yeah, uh, banked yeah. by the time the end of the night was over. It was it was a lot of fun. So very successful Goon Night. Uh, I highly recommend any listeners want to uh, reach out and join us up for Goon Night. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, we got Stoons Goons. You can hit us up uh, scrolling podcast at gmail dot com or hit us up in game at Carol at at Hawk or at Star Jumper. Uh, just let us know you want to be invited to the Stoons Goons. You get a free set of Stoons favor uh, any kind of pieces you want. Uh, and then we do goon nights on Friday nights, and that's basically what the guild is right now. <laughs> we'll we'll think more stuff as we go. It'll it'll grow. You know, we we got the we got the nice guild hall, and then and then goon night, and then it's very important. Our goon night is that our strategy is that we usually run to the other players' spawn, their other their door in yeah. the sewers, and we do the old slash the old slash sit chair. We 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 sit there. If they, you know, we wait for people to come out. If they want to fight us, we'll happily fight them. If they just want to go on by, we happily let them go on by. We we try to go the passive route, right? If we can not get yeah. out of our chair, that's what we try to do. <laughs> that's the strategy uh, <laughs> for good night. Stay um, in the chair at all costs. And even like sometimes, <laughs> you know, sometimes people will just kind of panic and they'll start attacking. And a lot of times we'll just kind of 
just play defensively for a while, just like, hey, let's just go. Let's be cool. Let's be cool. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes they're like, no, no one's going to be cool. So we got to fight. <laughs> uh, and that happened once. And we actually got overwhelmed at one point by a, an, a big AD group. Uh, and they got us. But it was fun. We had a good time. Yeah. Still, still a great night. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much uh, what I've been up to this week. Well, yeah, so I'll talk about what I've been doing. So, of course, we did uh, we did the Goon Night last night, like you were just talking about. I had my stamps work as well, um, who I just moved over to EP. This dude is an orc, so he was, you know, he was born in Daggerfall. Um, but he's uh, he's in the correct uh, alliance now. Uh, and I'm actually, I'm so happy because I, I knew this guy was going to be like an Imperial City god, basically. Uh, but I never wanted to take him down there because I, I know quite a few EP people uh, in Imperial City, and I didn't want to like run into them on 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 a on a DC character, and like, and I, I have a really bad habit of not paying attention to the names of people that I'm fighting. So you know, I don't I don't know. I wouldn't. It'd be weird if I like, bumped into you and like totally slaughtered you, or you totally slaughtered me, or whatever. And <laughs> yeah, I have that same thing. So we that could happen, and we may never even know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I've been yeah, I'm just basically just doing that dude on battlegrounds only for a while. Um, so it was, it was so awesome to get down into, into the sewer with him. And yeah, it's just, just as amazing as I, as I thought it was going to be. His setup is, uh, Briarheart, Morkeldon, um, Troll King, uh, and then a Master Bow on the back bar. And so it's, it's Morkeldon. It's the one bar set. Works really, really well. A lot, a lot of damage. Oh, a lot of damage. He is the definition of the bull in a china shop down in the sewers. <laughs> yeah, and the uh, his front bar is dual wield, uh, both precise daggers, and it's five meat or uh, I'm sorry, seven medium. So he just has tons and tons and tons of crit, like almost everything crits all the time, um, and it's a, it's a lot of damage. Yeah, he was just burning burning through players and uh, PvP. PVE mobs a lot. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things about him is he has like PVE level DPS. Like we were doing banner bosses and he was he was getting like 40k DPS on those dudes. Yeah. Like pretty wild. Yeah. That yeah. For for a PvP build setup to hit 40k on one of those banner bosses is is crazy. Um so yeah, uh last night was fun. I think we pretty much covered everything about that. Also been doing a little bit of Sigic Order grinding. Uh, for my stamina necromancer and this dude uh, i thought he was basically done like i finally got all my transmute crystals and his gear is totally done and he, he is finished as far as gear goes uh, and then just as i got everything into place i'm like sweet he's done except i think he needs this temporal guard ultimate so uh, I'm, I'm doing the sigic order grind to get that and then he's really really going to be done I say this about every new build that I work on, so I don't know, but this guy really is turning into one of my very favorite new characters. Uh, he's so good. He's he's absolutely vicious. It's a it's a total proc build, very cheesy proc build. Um, and, you know, the downside to proc builds usually is survivability, right? You're, you're investing in, in these procs and you're relying on these procs for your damage. Uh, and the downside of that is you're not investing in stats like weapon damage and or maximum stamina and that kind of stuff. So that means your healing power is going to be pretty limited, and that's always the downside. Um, this dude doesn't seem to have that problem though, um, and that's it's it's been pretty great. So I'll just do a rundown of kind of just a quick brief version of what this build is. Uh, it's uh, five pieces sheer venom, five pieces poisonous serpent. Using the Black Rose Prison Bow on the front bar and a Potentate's Greatsword on the back bar. Uh, and the bow is infused with a Poison Glyph. And uh, I always 
I was mentioned that as part of the build, the fact that it's infused with the poison glyph. Um, because just as we were talking about with the Torig's Pact conversation earlier, that's a significant amount of damage that you're getting from that. Um, like I was saying before, um, it's guaranteed on an infused weapon, it's guaranteed to proc every every other light attack. Um and it hits for about the same amount as the poisonous serpent proc, which also procs every other light attack. So I'm basically getting the damage of an entire five-piece powerful proc set from this one glyph that I just put on my infused weapon. Um, and I've kind of had this this awakening, especially in no CP, about how very powerful these these glyphs are on an infused weapon, especially uh, in no CP. Um, so yeah, just putting an a, a, an infused poison glyph on my bow basically doubles my poison my poisonous serpent proc set. Pretty insane. Yeah, um, the the amount of poison that this character is flinging around yeah. <laughs> poison damage is just unbelievable. And the uh, the black rose prison bow itself, uh, whenever you hit someone with magnum shot, it applies a really really strong poison dot as well. Um, so it's yeah, it's it's. It, an absolute overwhelming amount of poison damage. His spammable is using the the poison skull, the class spammable. Um, so the only thing that isn't poison damage is blast bones, and that's disease damage. And I don't even mind that because it applies uh, major defile. Uh, so you know they're having all this poison damage coming at them, and they can hardly heal up from it. Um, and so what I was talking about in regards of survivability, I think. Just as as cool as all the poison damage, as cool as my front bar is, I think I'm just as excited about the back bar. So um, it's the Potentate's Greatsword, which gives me uh, a five percent damage reduction against players. They take I, I take five percent less damage from them. Uh, I'm also using the Spirit Guardian, which absorbs another ten percent of my damage. Uh, and then I'm I'm doing the Sigic Order Grind right now to unlock uh, the Temporal Guard Ultimate. And the reason I want that is because it gives me uh, minor protection while slotted. That's another 8% damage reduction. So on my back bar, I'm going to have a 23% reduced damage taken. Um, so that basically nearly invalidates someone's Malakath Band of Brutality, uh, which, by the way, in no CP, in Battlegrounds especially, is extremely popular. Almost everyone running a proc build, which is almost everyone, uh, is is using the Malakath Band of Brutality. It's very, very popular. Uh, and my back bar basically completely invalidates it. Plus, those players can't crit on me either. So they're actually not doing very much damage to me at all uh, when I'm on my back bar. And this is on a tiny little wood elf, seven medium armor, you know, four well-fitted, really not investing very much into survivability other than these these kind of damage reduction things. Um. In addition to that, the great sword is uh, it has the powered traits so that gives me an extra nine percent healing done, uh, and I'm slotting the mortal coil ability on the back bar. That's another three percent, so I have twelve percent bonus healing on top of that twenty-three percent uh, reduced damage uh, on my back bar. And th this is something that I ha it kind of just came together by accident. I was like choosing these abilities and things kind of for other reasons, and it just kind of happened that all this stuff sort of came together and and I just sort of noticed like, man, my back bar, I'm like really surprisingly tanky. Um, uh, and, and you can see it like in battlegrounds, uh, like uh, there's several moments where I'm like at near death and I heal up super, super fast. And I'm thinking like, Oh, thank goodness for the healer. Uh, but then I'll look at the stats at the end of the match and we didn't have a healer. Um, <laughs> it was you yeah. all along. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So anyway, yeah, I'm pretty stoked uh, about this character. It's pretty interesting. His actual uh, stats, it's kind of like Bearclaw for you. His stats aren't super impressive, uh, but the, the results, I think, really are. I, I love the, the idea of this build because I think, it, you know, we always talk about how, how cool it is right now that there's this really unique ways to put builds together with the mythic items and, you know, three-piece items and all these changes. You can really piece things together. I love the idea of this build that it's it's the two unique weapons, different unique weapons from, you know, just those single sets uh, mm-hmm. paired with the two five pieces. Uh, such a cool idea that you're using two of those, you know, arena weapons uh, on either bar. Yeah. Very, very well, cool. Uh, it works out very, very well. Potentates is a like a three-piece set. It's not. It's like a PvP. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. But uh, but still, still a kind of a an off-base set. That's yeah, yeah. A really, really cool setup. I was reluctant to do like like two five-piece sets on the jewelry and body. Like it just seems like wrong. Like I should have a mythic item or a monster <laughs> set or something. Uh, but man, I just I tried all these different setups over and over and over again, and that this one by far does the most damage um other setups have a little bit more healing power and kind of other advantages but i feel like overall the amount of damage this one does plus still very good survivability that i'm that i'm happy with i think this is this is the way to go um so yeah that one's really awesome um probably as soon as i'm done with this guy uh, probably the next build that i'm going to be mildly obsessed with uh, is going to be my Stamina Dragon Knight, one of my Stamina Dragon Knights. I have two of them. Uh, the name of this character, I really like this character's name, Bad Sally. Simple, <laughs> to the point. Uh, so this is the character that I'm going to be putting this new um, Unleashed Terror set on. Um, but of course, I don't have that set yet. But uh, she has the Maelstrom uh, two-handed maul um, on the front bar, and then the Master's dual wield on the back bar. Those Those are two... Uh, weapons that basically apply extremely strong bleeds uh, on enemies. Um, she's using the Malakath Band of Brutality, my one and only character that's using it. I've tried it on multiple characters, and finally, this is the character that it belongs on, for sure. This is where it found its home. Yeah. Um, going back to Bloodspawn, um, now that uh, th- this character has, was using Vulcan Scoria for the, for the burst damage, because she was like a full-on glass cannon, uh, this new setup, I think Bloodspawn is going to be the way to go, especially it's getting kind of unnerfed here pretty soon. So we're going to be getting a lot more ultimate uh, return from it. Um, it's going to be nice. Uh, until I get the Unleashed Terror set, I'm doing five pieces uh, Spriggan, which has the same two through four piece bonuses. So I can kind of just go ahead and make the build and get everything in place. And then I just have to swap those sets out uh, whenever whenever I get it. Um even without the the new Unleashed Terror set, just with Spriggan, uh, it's an awesome build. I, I think I could totally leave it just how it is right now and be totally happy with the build. Uh, but I think that, that Unleashed Terror is going to just make it absurd, just absolutely absurd. <laughs> uh, and so with all that, I'm left with two empty slots and I'm filling them up uh, with the, the new trainee set. So I'll get some extra uh, max health and max magicka, quite a bit of max health and, and magicka. Uh, from that. And I think that's going to be a really, really good setup. I've already been doing some BGs with this character, and it's it's very good. It's a very, very strong build. Uh, the damage is oppressive, to say the least. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's basically kind of what I've been doing. I've been doing a lot of BGs as well, like you were saying. Uh, just something about this week has been drawing me to BGs. I think I just have 
I just have these builds that are finally coming together, and that's BG is just a great place to t- test out their effectiveness. Yeah, you really can't you can't beat a, a BG for testing out a build. Um, it really is one of the best ways to do it. Yeah, because you're guaranteed the fight's going to be a certain degree. There's going to be a certain degree of fairness, you know. I mean, there's imbalanced matches, but it's not like a twenty v one Zerg like you'll get Imperial City sometimes or whatever. I'm going to jump in here just for a little bit. I feel like, I, you know, one thing, this is a point that I was thinking about this week that I was going to, and I've kind of made the point, but I kind of want to just talk about it and kind of hear your thoughts on it too. We've talked a lot about the Malakath ban, you know, and I was talking about Bearclaw and my initial plan for him was to throw that Malakath ban on there because he's so big into damage percentages uh-huh. to just kind of build on that. Um, but, you know, we run a lot of Imperial City and it's, it's, so unique to me with the with them especially the malakath ban um how different uh the battleground performance is to really anywhere else uh it's it it's such a uh for pve standpoint it's such a, a nerf almost to your damage it really so is imperial city that's why i ended up kind of going away from it because i really like using Bearclaw and imperial city you know just for groups and he's really good for solo imperial city with the bear and kind of being able to sustain damage and things like that um, that I actually went away from it because uh, it was I was starting to struggle in Imperial City with with him and his damage. But man, when you're in a battleground with the no CP, that Malkath band, it's just it's like a night and day difference. It's it's that's just what it was made for is is battle, uh, battlegrounds. Yeah, it's um, it, it really is outrageous, and that that is the place where it shines absolutely. Uh, and I've noticed the same thing um, that you were saying about the how how it affects your PVE performance. Uh, it really, it really is a lot less damage. Uh, like we, we always go beat up those giants in a, in a, what's the name of that town? Winterhold East, yeah. or Eastmarch. Um, yeah. Windhelm, Windhelm and Eastmarch. Wind, Windhelm. That's you're right. Hurt, you're hurting my feelings. I'm sorry. You're, you're not. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's <laughs> <that's> the Nord home. <laughs> we often go to that area to beat up giants just to kind of test out um, uh, damage combos and stuff. Uh, and I noticed, like, I know this character does a ton of damage. I've seen it against players, but against those giants, she, she's a lot weaker than other builds of mine. Um, and, cause you're just not getting those crit spikes cause those crit spikes can be huge sometimes. Yep. Um, but I was thinking about this. Um, I think the, the band of brutality could come in as a really, uh, handy testing tool. Um, just for like comparing things to each other. If you just want to remove RNG from the equation, like say like, I wonder if this spammable is going to be better than this spammable. And you just want to take turns trying them out. You can just remove crit from the equation completely and just have like the straight, just how much damage this does versus this or comparing one armor set to another or one proc thing to another. I could see, I could see me using this band of brutality a lot simply for testing purposes, even if I don't actually use it on the build in the end. That's a really good point. I didn't yeah. think about that, but that's a fantastic point. It totally takes the RNG out of it. Yeah, you can like just clearly see how one thing performs uh, versus another. Okay, I think that's about it. So uh, there are no emails or shout-outs this week, uh, but if you'd like to write in, you can uh, send us an email, ask us any questions you like, uh, tell us a funny joke, say hello, uh, ask us to invite you to the Stoons Goons, uh, really whatever you like, as long as you're friendly about it, uh, send us an email at scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, scrollin, that's with an I-N, no G, scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. Also feel free to hit us up in-game. Uh, I am at Ketsparrowhawk. Davies is at Starjumper. Uh, same thing, just feel free to say hello, ask us to invite you to the guild. 
You just want to run around in Imperial City or well, I was about to say do a BG together, but never mind. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, whatever you want. Uh, we're pretty chill. We just like hanging out with people in Discord and playing ESO, whether it's PvE, PvP, whatever. Uh, so feel free to say hello. Uh, anything else to say, Davius? Uh, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited about these uh, patch notes coming up on Monday. I'm I'm very intrigued by the not half done comment. So I'm excited to see what we what comes our way on Monday. Yeah, and it makes sense. Week three often is a big one, and I, I'm actually surprised that week two was as big as it was. Week two is usually hardly anything, like a few minor bug fixes, and then it's week three when stuff really happens. I'm surprised we got as much as we did this past week, and it really makes me wonder what's happening on Monday. Uh, so I'm very very curious. <laughs> Okay, I guess that's all we have to say, so we're going to call it right there, so we will see you next time.